Chapter twenty three of From Different Standpoints by Pansy and Fay Huntington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty three. It was evening when they reached Nassau, a dark, rainy evening toward the middle of November. And can any one conceive of anything more dreary than a November rain? All the afternoon the heavy raindrops had splashed against the car window with a dull, aching sound and with the darkening of the day Perry's grief seemed to grow heavier, until it became almost unbearable. It was such a different homecoming from that which they had planned. The contrast was almost crushing. Instead of the precious mother, living, to care for, with the hope of her further restoration, there was only the worn-out body to lay away beside the husband of her youth. Sometimes, during that long, dreary ride, it seemed as if he could not bear it, and an unuttered wail went up to heaven, a cry for release from the thraldom of life, a thraldom which it seemed to him could only end in death. He sat near his wife, attentive to all her wants, but never speaking except when necessary. Mr. Haddington and Una carried on a low, serious conversation, which angered Eleanor because of the familiarity which its tone evinced. The Harrison carriage was waiting for them at the depot. Una allowed herself to be placed therein, though Eleanor plainly intimated that someone ought to be there to walk home with her. In her feverish anxiety to be at home, Una peered out into the darkness for a first glimpse of the house, and presently said, in a low tone, "'Mr. Haddington, I think we must have passed my home, though I cannot discover any light. Won't you speak to Thomas?' Low as the words were spoken, Eleanor's quick ear caught them, and she roused herself to say, "'Why, to be sure, we must have passed. I presume your father and mother are sitting by the kitchen fire, and that is the reason we do not see the light. It is quite chilly.' And, drawing her wraps closely about her, she added, "'Perry, Miss Taylor wants to stop at home, of course. It can't be far back to the house.' she may as well get out here and save thomas the trouble of driving back perry leaned forward and spoke to eunice you promised to stay beside her to the end there will be some things to do in the morning and she would have wished it to be your hands that should linger about her at the last i thought you would stay by us until all is over so i ordered your trunk sent up with the rest so Una put aside the intense longing to see her father and mother at once, and prepared to bear for a little while longer the sneers and slights of the haughty Eleanor. But as they stopped, and the lights shone out, she saw, with a glad bound in her heart, her father coming down the steps ready to lift her from the carriage. Giving her a glad but quiet greeting, he whispered, "'Your mother is in the dining-room.' Mrs. Taylor explained that they had come over in accordance with a telegram from Perry to see that everything was in order for their return. Eleanor was indignant. "'Just think,' she said, "'the whole Taylor family quartered upon us. The way some people presume to make themselves familiar is insufferable.' It was at this juncture that Tom found one of his opportunities for being of use to Perry, in hiding from the notice of others the disturbance which Eleanor was inclined to make, and which, but for his management, must have been seen and heard by everybody in the house. 
perry worn out by fatigue and sorrow was persuaded to leave everything to his friend and take some rest and his wife silenced by a few decided words which tom felt called upon to speak concluded to follow his example poor eleanor she felt that she was being defeated her plans for putting down that girl had failed in every instance not because una would not be put down but because she was so entrenched in the love and respect of her friends and her own determination to act up to the promptings of her conscience that she could not be affected by eleanor's cruelly aimed blows and mrs perry was forced to acknowledge to herself that her sarcasms had not the slightest effect upon tom she had planned for una's discomfiture and behold her scheme became a bridge upon which tom walked over hindrances straight to una's side plainly she must adopt some new line of procedure one thing was certain her brother should never marry that tailor girl if by any means she could prevent it eunice should not triumph over her in that way ah if she could have known how far from eunice taylor's heart was any thought of triumphing over her enemy if she could have believed that in these days when her own heart was so full of hatred that the despised friend was praying for her was sending up to heaven agonizing prayers that into her heart and life might come that peace which so filled the days and nights of the petitioner if she could have known this what would have been the effect upon her own undisciplined heart the next morning una was standing alone beside the cold form which in life had been so dear to her when eleanor came into the room speaking in her sweetest tones she said i wanted to consult you about a little matter i suppose that here in the country it is customary for all the family to go to the cemetery of course in the city it is different i should not think of it but my brother thinks i ought but what i wanted to say is this i presume there will be quite a number of the relatives and family friends who will return here to dinner as many of them have to ride some distance and will need some refreshment would you be willing to see that dinner is prepared and served at five o'clock certainly i should be willing replied una but i think that molly has received instructions from mr harrison in regard to that yes i know of course molly will do most of the work but you understand that it will be necessary to have some responsible and competent person to take the oversight of things after we are gone and it occurred to me because of your position in the family heretofore you would be the proper person certainly replied una with paling cheeks i am at your service command me in any way you choose if eunice taylor had spoken the thought that was in her heart she would have said who has the best right to follow this cold clay to its last resting-place this woman who has no love for her who because she is her son's wife usurps the place or i who loved her only next to my own blessed mother and whom she loved i verily believe as she did no other woman on earth and bitter burning tears fell which were not all for the loss of her friend but this last scheme of eleanor's was doomed to failure and that through mr haddington's thoughtfulness perry he said in eleanor's presence i think that miss taylor should have a place among us this afternoon your mother had no more devoted friend 
why of course replied perry it had not occurred to me that it was necessary to speak of the matter she is one of us assuredly so i told her but she had an idea that she would be needed to look after things downstairs what could have put that into her head i told her this morning that molly could attend to everything the love between those two was like that between mother and daughter and no daughter could have been more faithful to the outside world it was but natural that when they gathered for the last sad and solemn rites of burial eunice taylor should have a place among the relatives and dearest friends indeed it would have been a cause of wonderment and remark had it been otherwise for everybody knew the intimate relations which she sustained in the family and none knew of the fires that were raging under the calm outside life that was being lived by those who were apparently as one family mourning the loss of one dear to each tom found himself so useful to perry that he had remained and even after the funeral he had stayed on scarce knowing why only that perry wished it they were sitting together perry his wife and tom una having gone home feeling that her work in that house was now over that henceforth she would have little occasion to go over to the harrison mansion that chapter of my life is over and ended she said to herself some way it seems as if everything were over i don't know how i can take up the thread of a new chapter i am so tired but eleanor was saying perry i suppose we ought to give miss taylor something in consideration of her services of course she has received compensation for her work still i think they will expect something more as her husband did not reply immediately she said don't you agree with me then he roused himself to say in some things i do and in some i do not miss taylor's work was a work of love no money could have induced her to endure all she has suffered had she not loved my mother and she would have done it without pay if that had been possible so that i do not agree with you in thinking that she expects anything more but if you mean that we owe her a debt of gratitude which we can never pay there i agree with you and certainly think that a token of our appreciation of the good she has done us would not be out of place well i suppose that is only another way of putting it returned eleanor i am more practical but it amounts to the same tom haddington thought it amounted to something quite different but he said nothing and mrs eleanor went on i will tell you what i was thinking of you see it does not take me long to get down to the practical details of a plan would it not be well for me to select some of your mother's dresses there are some very handsome ones and perhaps some laces i think miss taylor would prize those things more highly than anything which we might buy there is that set of mink furs those would do nicely for her the reason i spoke of it now is that i heard her talking of buying a set before we left the city and perhaps she will secure some if we do not attend to it immediately had it not been for the sadness of perry's lot and his own deep sympathy for him tom haddington would have laughed outright but as it was he only became absorbed more deeply in studying a picture upon the wall opposite him all the while listening for perry's reply to this absurd speech 
well eleanor that may be a good idea but you and i must remember that nothing is ours mother's lawyer will be here in the morning and then we shall know the contents of mother's will eleanor bit her lip and covered her discomfiture as best she could just then it was not pleasant to recall certain sentences in a letter which she had that day written to her mother these were the sentences mother harrison's jewels are magnificent and of course as the daughter of the house they will fall to me am i not a fortunate woman especially there is a dainty enamelled watch which i have always coveted with a chain and diamond pin and she had quantities of old laces which will make you fairly wild when you see them as you will for i can assure you that i mean they shall see the light when i come into possession there were other matters touched upon in this letter as in the next quotation it will be very lonely here now as the weather grows more dreary i do not know how i shall endure it and i do not mean to if we cannot go to new york then i am going to persuade perry to go to some other city and board for the winter and if i fail in that we will have some gay friends here to spend the winter some way i am determined to have one more taste of pleasure before i die just now we are all mixed up the tailors have stepped in and are running the establishment to be sure they all went home last night after the funeral but mother taylor came over this morning to help put things to rights she said i do hope we shall settle down to something soon such a disturbed life as we have led almost ever since we were married well i shall miss mother harrison she was a cheerful woman and very interesting and presided over the establishment with great dignity though she liked to manage people and things rather more than was to my taste but she seldom interfered with me never in fact unless perry was concerned then she never seemed to remember that her son was a man grown and capable of deciding questions for himself poor fellow he is almost sick he is so unreasonable in giving way to his grief i have not indulged him in any conversation about his loss for you know i have no patience with sentimental outbursts and i think the best way is to draw him away from his sorrow as much as possible to that end as soon as we can make arrangements for a prolonged absence i think we will get away from this place tom lingers still he seems to be on very friendly terms with eunice taylor i did not encourage his staying but perry has taken up the idea that the fellow is useful to him though for the life of me i cannot see what he does but i don't think perry harrison could live unless he was indulged in his whims and one can never know what new one he will take up it would be a comfort as well as convenience if one could be prepared so as to circumvent him now and then i am almost in despair about tom all i can say has not the slightest effect upon him he will persist in his fancy for the tailor girl but i will make one more effort to upset her plans i think i have an item of news for her which will be something of a damper upon her and now that mother harrison is gone i do not know of any conceivable excuse she can have for coming here but there is miss brockton's that woman will do all she can to help the matter along and the next thing will be for eunice to spend the winter there 
i wish tom would go to europe can't you persuade uncle arthur to go to florida and take tom with him tell uncle from me that he ought not to spend another winter in this climate something must be done quickly perry's mention of his mother's will had caused eleanor to reflect that perhaps after all things might not be entirely at her disposal and so it proved especially was she chagrined to hear the coveted watch disposed of in this manner and to my beloved friend and adopted daughter i bequeath my geneva watch and chain with a diamond pin attached and besides this there was a small legacy of course eleanor thought that mother harrison was incapable of making a will and they ought not to think of carrying out such absurd bequests but she was quickly silenced by perry who said eleanor if my mother had directed that every one of her possessions should be buried a hundred feet deep in the earth it should be done and i think that dr mason's name as one of the witnesses of this document should be a sufficient evidence of her mental state at the time and then my lady eleanor set about making the best of that which she could not help and very soon she found her opportunity to turn the matter to advantage as she thought miss wilbur came to pay a call of friendly sympathy eleanor knowing that tom was in the back parlor took occasion to dwell upon mother harrison's affection for una and to say how very glad she was for the girl because of the money left her it was so opportune it would be such a help to her in making up her bridal outfit to miss wilbur's expression of surprise at this indirect announcement eleanor said with seeming confusion well perhaps i ought not to have mentioned it please do not speak of it but mr harrison's cousin daisy pointed out the gentleman when we were in redwood you know una was up there a year or two ago and it seems that she captivated a young redwood farmer she has a very captivating way with her don't you think so now so little confidence had tom haddington in his sister that if she had come to him with this story he would not have believed it but he said to himself what possible reason could she have for inventing it to tell miss wilbur she could not have known that i was here perhaps i ought not to have stayed here but it never once occurred to me that i was committing an impropriety and with this thought mr haddington let himself out through the side door and walked down street to find perry answering to his sister's call as he passed the front parlor that he would return with her husband he carried with him a suspicion that he could not wholly reason away and which rankled and gave him a most uncomfortable feeling but his sister was not through though the next thing that she did was quite unpremeditated miss wilbur's call was a long one partly because she waited to see mr harrison and while she was there eunice came in i find she said that i left some of my belongings here after our diligent search for everything then she and miss wilbur fell into a talk about those boys miss wilbur wondering if perry would give her another class now that una had returned to her boys just here eleanor's evil genius helped her to a sudden thought why she said evincing more interest in her husband's schemes than was her wont i should not wonder if perry would give you his class some one will have to take it when we go away 
why said miss wilbur are you going away that is too bad we can't let you go i do not know how long we shall be gone nor yet just when we will go replied eleanor it depends upon other people a little as journeys do when there is a wedding in the case pray tell who is going to be married now exclaimed miss wilbur well and eleanor put on an air of hesitancy which was not all assumed she could not quite bring herself to utter a barefaced falsehood and was trying to word her sentence so as to make an impression without making a false statement directly i suppose that my brother's engagement to laura myers has been talked of so long that it can scarcely be called a secret yet it has never been publicly announced neither am i authorized to announce it she said laughing we understand returned miss wilbur nodding merrily to una who began at once to recall a thousand little things which corroborated this insinuation of eleanor's well might eleanor harrison looking at it from her standpoint congratulate herself upon her morning's work she had not made a single false statement and yet she had awakened suspicions which might possibly accomplish her purposes without further interference on her part to be sure she had a sort of disgusted feeling that she had descended very low to take such means to bring about her ends but then she reflected that the matter was important enough to make use of any means allowable and after all she had only recounted some bits of gossip which put in the right light were likely to serve her purpose well meantime the sad-hearted husband went about feeling the sorrows of his lot pressing more and more heavily upon him until it seemed as if his very life must be crushed out if he had hoped that his wife would be softened and subdued by the nearness with which death had come if he had hoped for sympathy or even her tender consideration he had hoped in vain her own comfort was as usual her first thought if her wishes were attended to she was always the most amiable of mortals the most fascinating of women but the disarrangement of her plans even though it was by the hand of death could not be borne patiently the one all-absorbing thought of eleanor harrison's life was a thought of self it is astonishing to note how this passionate love of self shuts out all consideration for others and leads one even to dishonor and as perry learned more of his wife's character the low estimate which she put upon truth and honor was to him a most painful thought this woman whom he had taken to his heart believing her to be all that was pure and lovely was willing to descend to petty persecutions and daily exhibited traits of character from which he turned with loathing and disgust and yet she was his wife he would be true to his vows this he said over and over humbling himself before god in bitterness of soul no records were made in the journal in these days of fierce trial no words could describe what he was passing through but this verse written upon a slip of paper and thrust between the leaves of his memoranda tell wherein he found his strength though i walk through the valley and the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me End of chapter 23